Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Backdrop. I'm Matt Considine. Today, I speak with Patrick Crow, head golf professional at Chicago Highlands in Westchester, Illinois. On this episode, Patrick revisits his college run-ins with world number one ranked Dustin Johnson, what is so special about the post-round hang, and how his club, Chicago Highlands, continues to bring new ideas into the private club world. Enjoy! Wait, so you listen, you get your shotgun start. Yeah, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Start, Porath, Andy, uh, those guys. I'm a no lane up guy, Sunday nights when when theirs theirs come out. But those guys have actually, they played, I played the golf course, uh, our place with... uh, Solly and uh, and DJ a couple years ago with one of their buddies TK Kelly who is a mini tour player who's yeah. a buddy of mine uh, Medina member that I I'd known for you know ten years or so and then one of our caddies who's a former Medina member himself and he made a uh, we were playing uh, their Wolf Hammer game and he <laughs> made an albatross and had all the all the points as I was coming out there I, I wasn't in the game yet I was literally met him on the twelfth hole right as he makes an albatross come on like, oh yeah he, he <laughs> thought he went viral for about a second which is funny <laughs> i don't think i see that I, I i i've met tk what a great dude yeah what great a- great kid great player and i mean you know he's grinding and like that's freaking you know it's hard out there man yeah. i mean but i he's got a great chance i mean because he's the type of guy that when he is on like he's on and, yeah. he'll, and he'll win i mean that's like you look at his track record of you know even since he's turned pro and even back into his you know, amateur days, you know, Illinois am two-time winner. He won the, uh, uh, regionals at, uh, whistling straights his senior year, you know, to make it to the, uh, the national championship. I mean, the kids got game and like yeah. so much so like on that level, like that's what you, when you're, you know, when you're on, you have to win. Right. You know, I mean, there's guys, I mean, look at guys on, look at the Keith Mitchell that two weeks ago wins. I mean, that guy, he gets a win. Then he came in, you know, like sixth, or he was a top American this past week, and he, uh, you know, he had middled basically the you know entire PGA Tour career for himself. But boom, he gets a win. He's yeah. on tour for you know a couple more years, and now he's gets in everything. You know, yeah. like that's all. Like you can, it's like those little breaks. You know, you yeah, get once on that you get roll. that one, and you just have the confidence that you're gonna you can do it again for sure. Uh, yeah, that'd be really cool for Chicago to CTK. Yeah. You know, yeah, take the next level. Yeah, and he's—I mean—he's a good follow on on, on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, so. he likes—he speaks his mind yeah, a good yeah, bit yeah. too, doesn't he? he? Mixes it up out there. Yeah, you got to. Yeah, got to. No, that's that's great. We, we so we're we love having you on because we know that you're just not so about the game of golf. Like, yes, you're the head professional here at Chicago Highlands, and and we want to talk a little bit about that. But we we just love every time we chat with you, just because you're uh, you're you're a golf nerd just like us. No, no, thank you guys for having me. But yeah, no, it's I mean, Th- thanks for calling you a nerd. No, hundred percent. Right? <laughs> I mean, I, I as much golf golf content that I consume, I will uh, I'll take all I, all I can get for yeah, sure. Yeah. So so you've been around these parts for a little while, but uh, you're from Kentucky. Yeah, What's originally the, from uh, from Louisville, uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, nice. Who are the three best golfers from Kentucky? Ooh, um, I mean, I so I grew up in Louisville, uh, Saint X High School. We've got uh, you know JT, so so Justin, obviously, obviously in there. Um, you know, I mean, currently, you know, obviously JB, like that guy is, yeah. you know, gets it done. Um, you know, years past, I mean, you had, uh, Jody Mudd was a, a guy that he actually won, I believe the players back in the, you know, it's players week here. Uh, I think back in the day, um, 
and they're like a huge family in golf back in back in Louisville. Like the you know his brother's a a, a club pro, a teacher. His uh, in and then his uh, that brother, his son was uh, he had two sons that were great players. One played at Mississippi State, one played at Florida. They all kind of went through our uh, our high school. Like our our where I went to high school, St. X down in uh, in Louisville, uh, all boys Catholic school. Like we are good at a lot of sports, but golf. I mean, it's a like big time Power deal. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we've put a lot of a lot of good players through. Uh, through our program for sure. So we did, did those Joey mud that was jo- Jody mud. I think, yeah, he went to next as well. Um, well but, no, Kenny uh, Perry. You're not gonna uh, Kenny I mean, Perry. I'm a Kenny Perry guy, Kenny Perry. Good story. I've got like him. I mean, so he owns a golf course down in uh, Franklin, uh, Kentucky, which is, I mean, Kenny, like, I don't know him really at all, but he, uh, you know, it's outside of Nashville basically. And, uh, his golf course, I played in a tournament growing up and I remember my dad, and one of my good friends, we went down there. We're staying in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, for the night, and uh, we played a practice round the day before. And literally, Kenny Perry like took the greens fee. Like that's how like down to earth <laughs> that guy is. Like he took the greens fee. Like chatted with you for a couple of seconds. And this is like when, you know, He's I like mean, still playing it's a competitive like, so I'm schedule. 30, yeah, oh, 100 percent complete. So like he was, and at that time, actually, working at that golf course, if I'm correct was Matt Killen, who's like now a teacher to like, I mean, he's, you know, in some way, like Justin obviously works with his dad, but in some way he works with Justin. I think he works with Bud Colley. He literally just was a kid from Franklin, Tennessee that, you know, worked at the golf course. And I think was one of Kenny Perry's uh, son's friends and, you know, helped him on the range one day and then something clicked and he brought him on tour. And now the guy's like made a career out of it, which is was pretty cool. That's really yeah. cool. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, all right. So you grew up in Kentucky. You're a competitive golfer. Uh, when did uh, you, you, when did you leave? You went to Coastal. Yeah. For college. Yeah. Right? So Coastal t- Carolina. Tell us a little bit about your golf path. Like, what was yeah, it? for sure. I mean, I've I've been playing like, you know, people ask me, like, when did you start playing? Like, I really don't don't even remember. I mean, I, I just I, I don't necessarily come from like a golf family, but I just have always I remember always playing golf. Like my uh, my dad was a. Uh, you know, in the school system, I mean, he was a high school teacher, principal, athletic director, you know, basketball coach, baseball coach, you know, he, uh, so, you know, he had the summers off. So he played golf a lot when he was younger. And then basically he didn't play for, you know, a bunch of years just when he was coaching all those sports. But then as his kind of career turned more into like the administrative role, I remember going out when I was younger, just kind of riding in the cart with my dad and my uncles and, you know, having like three clubs in my dad's bag and, you know, uh, you know, hidden shots here and there. And then eventually I think like those three clubs became a full set and I was like beating them all like <laughs> pretty soon. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so from there, you know, I, I've grown up, you know, a family friend of mine, probably my, my greatest mentor in, in the game, uh, Mark, uh, Kemper. Mark was a, a family friend, a local pro in Louisville. And he, uh, he started, he hired me when I was like 14 and I w- just washed golf carts for him and like I loved it you know and I've never had another job since you know what I mean like I've (laughs) been in golf ever since and it's just you know we and I've talked before I mean golf is just so much about like just like the people you meet like the hang of golf is just as cool as the game itself sometimes you know I mean so I mean I quickly knew like even going you know to St. X where we where I played you know uh in high school like our team you know I think we won three state champion two state championships while I was there and the other two like came in second like I mean it seems ridiculous like we could have 
you know, up in this, you know, part, like I think Hensel Central's won like five in a row. Like I tell our kids, you know, our Hensel kids here that they stand no chance against <laughs> us back, back in those days. But, you know, I quickly knew like just in playing with those guys, like, I mean, in terms of a path, like professionally, like no, no chance. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, you gotta be a realist at, at, at some point in time. Right. And, uh, and so coastal was a great opportunity to, you know, to kind of continue my, my path in golf without actually, you know, playing, playing. And, you know, they have one of, they're one of 18 schools that have the PGM program, which, you know, when I was in the program, that's like when the program was in its, you know, heyday. Like, yeah. I mean, there were new schools popping up and new golf pros, you know, that were basically sent out in the wild with no path, you know, yeah. there for, uh, for a while. And then it probably, it's regressed some a little bit just cause there were so many you know, kids that were getting their PGA cards right out of school and they probably produced too many pros a little bit there. And it kind of had, you know, too high of expectations for, for all of us that we all thought we were going to be head pros by, you know, 25. And then a lot got out of the business. I got lucky. You, yeah, but you yeah, weren't, you weren't far off. No, I was, I was pretty close, but <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, I'm one of the, I'm one of the lucky ones. I think I'm, I, I'm one of only a couple that, that really are still in the, in the business that from guys yeah. that we, we all went to school together, but so, it was still a great experience. So let me get this straight. So co- your choice for coastal was purely about your love of the game of golf and nothing to do with the beach <laughs> or, uh, yeah, I mean, there were, I mean, I did look scenery. up there. I think there were 60% females when I, uh, <laughs> when I started down there. Yeah. I, I visited some friends in coastal Carolina and, and, uh, I did not play golf. There was a plenty other. Yeah. I didn't play much, much golf more. either. Actually. <laughs> such a cool school known yeah. for a little bit of a party school a couple famous pga yeah. players yeah. came through there yeah. i mean yeah. obviously D- uh, dj yeah are you, are you around his time no you're um, probably younger so i am uh he's i think uh two years older and he left or three years older maybe but he left school um early too but he still lived in myrtle you know for his uh first first few years on tour until he got in a little bit of a trouble and then move down to Jupiter. But, yeah, uh, yeah. but yeah, I, we'd see him out, you know, and, uh, and, and, you know, mix up with DJ a little bit. Did, yeah. did you remember seeing his game and being like, Oh yeah, that guy's going to be the number one in the world. No, I mean, I remember, you know, so the team, uh, the coastal team, they practiced at, uh, TPC Myrtle beach. Whereas the school we had our PGM program, like there's a golf course that's, it was called, um, it's the Hackler golf course down there now that's basically on campus. And that's where like we could play in practice. And I mean, we kind of had access to a lot of different places down there, but, um, I never really ran into DJ on the golf course as much as, uh, as like maybe at the bars, which I, I think is something that maybe he's been known for a time yeah. or two, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, but I also just knowing people that played with him, I mean, I knew the guy like unbelievable talent, like unbelievably athletic. I mean, I'm yeah. not, I mean, I think you'd be shocked if you say that anybody has gotten to any of those status, like a, a him, a Justin Thomas, any of those guys, like, I mean, that you have maybe spent any time around. I mean, to be the play at the level that they play at is, is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But to uh, I mean, I think they all have that. I mean, a crazy you know amount of talent. It's just like DJ is like is another level. Oh, like, I mean, man. it seems like, you know, he doesn't just as, as fast as he plays. Like yeah. he just doesn't, you know. He's got it or he doesn't have it and he doesn't you know just when he's on like i don't think anybody is beating him yeah i mean i, I I'd put him at you know you take any of those other guys at their best and i'm you know i'm taking him yeah you know yeah and, and he has that uh 
ingrained confidence like the guy the way the guy walks around when he was walking around campus or the bars was he walking with that saunter yeah i mean back in those days i remember him a couple times wearing a double popped collar which was uh, <laughs> an interesting look but i mean Ooh. he could pull it off wow yeah the, the bold pop yeah. collar i yeah. I would really roast that right now if I didn't mm-hmm. know that there's a picture of me somewhere with a double <laughs> collar. I think probably one of them being yeah, never, you know fluorescent pink. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's they were double polos. You know, yeah. that, was bef- that was before before everything had to be Adidas for him. <laughs> right. Um, no, that's what what a place. And uh, so you you come out of the PGA program. I mean, you're obviously a hard worker. Like I can tell. Like you you just put every ounce of yourself into the day to get shit done um where did you go after coastal where was your first uh, assignment yeah so basically even at school like the the unique thing about those programs is you have to i mean they kind of set you up for you know success in that you have to do you know internships after every year in school so you know first internship uh, I went back to my home course in uh, in Kentucky that I you know those guys had you know I owed so much to them that I wouldn't even you know have ever probably become a PGA professional or even gotten into the business had I not uh, you know kind of went back there for that that first summer and then I uh, then I was at Medina for a couple of years and uh, my so I was 2008 and 2009 I was at Medina and then luckily enough to uh, Three of us golf professionals came over to uh, to Chicago Highlands and, and helped open it up in, in 2010. In the you know, which was crazy. I mean, it feels like that was like yesterday, and it's you know 2019 here, and we're getting ready to open a clubhouse and all this other stuff. Like it's it's wild. Like I, what a what a opportunity for you, honestly. I mean, it's such a unique place. It's uh, and we'll talk a little bit sure. about yeah. it, of course, but. Um, for you know, how old were you when you when you got that job? So when I, when I first started working at Highlands, I has was let's see, uh, twenty two. Uh, I mean, it's uh, like you know, most guys are are paying your dues as you as you would say, right? Where uh, you, you obviously sure. had the experience, but to be twenty two and just get to land a place that is gonna you know grow its membership. Uh, all completely organically, completely from scratch, to be a part of something like this—that that must have been for sure a little bit intimidating. <laughs> well, I mean, no, yes and no. Like it definitely. I mean, I think I've mentioned it before. Like I, like you get a little naive in that you're in your own bubble and you don't necessarily like realize what's going on in the world at the time. <laughs> I mean, opening a golf course, you know, our owners obviously like a testament to them onto what they've been able to do. Um, you know, to grow the place um, just from those, especially those first few years when, I mean, you're building a golf course in 07 and 08 and 09 when, you know, the world just got flipped upside down. And, you know, I think from my perspective, like, and I was at Medina at the time, and you don't really fully appreciate like what it is to be a member at these places <laughs> and you know and that you know that discretionary income like wasn't there for you know or it was there and then it wasn't there um so yeah i mean it's you know year one here i mean you definitely i mean it was just night and day from what we had experienced before just because you know but in a great way i mean you know at medina unbelievably awesome facility um but like we actually you know here like everything was done the first time and it was done by us it wasn't there weren't marketing departments to help you do things there weren't you know 
go see the accounting department here. Like we were the accounting department, we were the HR department, we were the you know food and beverage department that first year. I mean, we had you know our little golf shop trailer had uh, you know coolers with you know beer and stuff in there. Like it literally, but it was kind of cool too. I mean, being a kid <laughs> that you know first started working at a local public course, like it totally brought me back to my my roots a little bit. And it's also a testament to the the members here and the owners in that you know everybody then you know the members were super patient in in allowing things to progress and and the owners were obviously you know super smart and you know having a business model that worked and they believed in and you know yeah those first few years they pumped their own money into it and and kept everything afloat and then now to see kind of what it's become has been you know it's a special thing it's it's pretty cool i i, I bet and you guys it's just you know you keep building Right. And, and so like we're, we're sitting in the, uh, the pool house right now and out, out the left, uh, I can see your trailer that you mentioned, which I think is so cool where, you know, this place was built and, and I want you to talk a little bit yeah, about those, sure. those early days yeah. of, of just sitting in that trailer as they're building a golf course behind you. And then, and then, so to my right, we're, we're looking at a gorgeous new clubhouse, which is, is you gave us a tour of, I mean, literally one of the state of the art top of the line like nicest clubhouses that um that i've ever seen it's not even done yet and, and so you know you have these polar opposites for sure for sure <laughs> no yeah i mean it's been yeah it's been an interesting experience to try to you know have a high-end you know private golf experience at a you know out of a you know a basically a, a double wide you know trailer but you know our pool house you know that we have we're in right now i mean it's obviously it served as a great you know spot as a de facto clubhouse for for our members i mean you know as the last year or so as we've really ramped up our our membership um you know it obviously then that's when you begin to see times of when it's you know it becomes a little too small, but like, even so, I mean, we are just the demographics of our club with just, you know, the fact that everybody, the average age is about 45 and we only do 12,000 rounds. Like, believe it or not, like this building still like that we're in right now, it served its purpose pretty well. But yeah, I mean, I cannot wait to get over into that, that new space and to actually, you know, just that's like, I think the time where we can really like show off to the members a little bit and like to, you know, be like, hey, like we've got got some more in the tank here that we can show you, and yeah. more tricks up our sleeve that that you didn't, you know, you didn't realize that, you know, we still plan to do this, this, and this, but like we just, you know, we're kind of, you know, not able to at the moment. But at the same time, I think, you know, being over in the space that we've worked out of, it's been, you know, it's it's been exciting just because, you know, to try to, you know, there's so many other things that you have to then to try to do you know, better to, you know, get that member satisfaction and to exceed those expectations when you're starting with something that, you know, isn't an, an equal to what maybe another club has at, at the moment. Well, you know, I think our, our membership is, I mean, with, I mean, it's a young, active, like it's phenomenal. Like they're all, all great guys and great ladies and great kids. I mean, you know, like, our, our programming, our junior program, you know, Kevin, our uh, Kevin Mike's our director of instruction does a phenomenal job with our, our younger guys. I mean, and that's like a program that's only going to get better. But, you know, there's just so much other ways you have to kind of reinvent yourself to, you know, provide to members that, yeah, we might not be able to, you know, when you come right now with with your guests and have them set up with nice, you know, guest lockers and all this other stuff like we'll be able to do that over there and we'll be able to provide a much better, you know, buying experience out of the golf shop. 
Um, but I think we've just been able to do so many different things that have kind of separated us in our, you know, members' minds that we're still, you know, we're able to continue to grow, but we've, we've done, you know, I think we've been lucky to, to be able to do what we've been able to, Absolutely. to do out of our Absolutely. space. And, and, you know, you're going to be in your, uh, your new fancy pro shop, but uh, a little bit of you, it's probably going to miss the double wide. Well, right? I mean, there has been some thought that, you know, I'm grandfathered into the double wide. <laughs> so like maybe everybody else kind of moves over there. So like I'll kind of stay in the trailer for now. <laughs> how but many, we'll how see. many years have you been in there? So we, the trailer or, you know, the, the shop went in, in, uh, let's see, May. Uh, so we opened May 15th, 2010 and it was in, um, like a couple weeks, three weeks or so before. Um, so yeah, May of 2010. So this is, you know, the start of the 10th year, almost the ninth anniversary of being in there. You got a party, there. man. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Believe, yeah, we, you know, some members have definitely ha- had some thoughts on, on the way, what we should do uh, our, our last day well, in, it's, in, the, it, in that bad boy. It, no, I, I just think it's, it's cool because I know you've, you've, uh, uh, that's been the first structure here yeah. and then the golf course was built around it. Not, not too dissimilar from a lot of top end resorts that have realized, okay, you know, you gotta, for sure. You gotta build the golf first. Yeah. You gotta build the golf and then create everything around it. Um, so yeah, yeah. no, I mean, you have to know where your, you know, your bread is buttered. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it's not a, a situation where you can, you know, have a, a, you know, a great clubhouse and not a, you know, a golf course that's not, uh, Hey, hey, we got a, we got a, 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 a new guest, a new, a new guest. Sorry, no, you're good. Okay. See, we're, we're the most flexible pod you'll ever be on, yeah, Patrick. I, we I got, we it. got FedEx deliveries coming yep. in and yep. hopefully FedEx some good stuff. There. Yeah. I think those are some lights for the, uh, for the clubhouse there actually that we, oh. we just signed for. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is there yeah. nothing you don't do at this point? Yeah, I have, <laughs> have some lights for the, uh, lights for the golf shop yeah. and, the, and the dining spaces <laughs> over there. So Gosh. yeah, but no, it's, I mean, then the answer is no. I've, I've, it's, but that actually makes it fun. I mean, I I love having my hand in a little bit of everything here. Yeah. You know, I mean, it it just I feel like it provides you know, uh, it, like a lot of satisfaction for myself just knowing that you know I feel like my you know my hand you know my thumbprint is is around this place every every step you, you take. And you know? we we can tell. I mean, it's it's uh, not to say that other other clubs don't have this, but you, you certainly have a lot of accountability to that uh, experience. You know, every time we've been out, is that you, you're just you're owning a lot of this and uh, and making sure that you know guests and and uh, members are just having that for sure. I mean, full, I, I full think day. especially as you know. A director of golf, uh, head professional, you know, side of things. Like, I think that's, you know, so much of, of part of our, our job, you know, like I hate when, I mean, I tend to get here and especially in the summer, like super early, get in front of my computer, crank out all the emails and any like tasks that I have just so then, yeah, I can be out front and, you know, you're interacting with the guests and the members. I mean, I think there's nothing that a member likes more than, I mean, obviously like, you know, in this business, like you have to know all the members' names and all their spouses' names and kids and all that stuff. I'm pretty, you know, good at, you know, I have lucky that I'm able to do that, you know, fairly easily. And I think that, you know, kind of what sets us apart is like, I remember, I'm very good at remembering guest names. And, you know, if a guy's ever played in our member guest, like I could see that guy, you know, at a Bulls game and be like, hey, like, you know, so and so, yeah, good, good to see it. Like, I just, I think that that stuff is, I mean, it makes that person feel so much better that you remember their name. And then he's going to tell, you know, his, the member that here, like, Hey, I saw Patrick at, you know, such and such place. And, you know, just 
it's because golf's about relationships. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's you have to build those relationships, and I I love you know I love doing that. We and you and I have talked in the past about uh, you, you said the hang, and and I think one thing I've I've learned from you and some others is that you know. We, we, as a golfer, growing up as a golfer, like I was the worst caddy in the world because I was the kid that always would like, you know, be swinging the club when you're waiting to, to have it handed to you uh, because I always wanted to play, you know, and that was like a burning <laughs> desire to always have a club in your hand, always be hitting a ball. But um, as I've I hopefully matured or slowly matured, Dry swinging, we buy that. Call, we call that in the golf shop. What is it? Dry swinging. One of our, our original <laughs> superintendent here at the uh, at, at the club, Michael Hustis, He's down at Biltmore Forest down in Asheville. Great club. Um, but like he would always joke when we'd walk in the shop, and like myself or or Kevin, who's the director of construction, he was my our first assistant prior. Like if you like whether we had any intention of playing golf that day or not, like you just have a club in your hand and you're like <laughs> taking little like he's like oh he yeah so dry swinging. We dry call swinging. That in the shop. Yeah, a couple of dry yeah. swings. And so, like those are uh, those are needed. Those are obviously yeah. important. But you, you also, I've, I've just noticed, are really content just being around golfers and and being a part of the conversation. And and you get fulfillment out of just that. I mean, yes, you got to play. And and I think that's the other thing that a lot of there's a good movement in the PGA to, sure. to get out and play yeah. with your members, get out and make sure you're playing. But uh, but just being around it feels good sometimes too. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. I mean, at the end of the day, like I think every golf professional or every person in the golf. I mean, you guys know, like every person that's in the golf industry, period, wishes that they played more golf. I mean, and there's so there's no doubt about that. But. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I, yeah, we've mentioned it before, like, on a Friday afternoon, like, the reality is, like, you know, from mid-morning to early afternoon, like, that's, like, one of the few times that we're ever actually, like, busy, busy at the club. So, like, there's no way I'm going to be playing on a Friday afternoon, but then as soon, I, I, you know, it could be a four o'clock, and the tea is now dead, and, you know, other than maybe a couple, you know, singles or twosomes going out there and just trying to zip around and play a few holes. But like all those guys that then I started between like 11 and 12 and one are kind of coming in and like, yeah, I'm not going home yet. I'm hanging with those guys just to kind of, you know, get the stories of the day. Cause you know what, if I'm not hitting the shots out there, I at least want to hear, you know, I don't want to hear every shot. I mean, you know, club pro guy, like that's another <laughs> one that I, I you listen to sometimes. Like oh, you don't yeah. need to hear every single shot of a member's uh, round, but you know, <laughs> give me a couple of the highlights. I'm, I'm cool with that, you know? And, and that's, you know, because there's always, you know, no matter what round of golf you play, like you always remember, you know, a shot, a story, you know, whatever yeah. that kind of finds its way into the clubhouse, you know, and, and you know, that, those are the things I love to hear about yeah. from our guys. Yeah, no, we, we jokingly, uh, and, and my father, I'll put him on blast, he, he's one of our few listeners on the pod, uh, he, he, you got to get in the cart, that's what me and my brother say, he's like, all right, here goes dad, let's get in the cart, you know, he's going to be walking us through every single yeah, shot, so we sure. better be ready for it. Uh, you don't need that, but what's cool about, you know, uh, especially a course that everyone's familiar. So if you're a member or, or you've played, you know, Chicago Highlands, and Definitely. they're saying like, yeah, we're out on 13 and, and the pin's back, right? You know, you're with them. For sure. And and you're having that shared experience, even though you weren't there 100%. in person. 100%. So those are, those are the short stories that always kind of connect us a little bit more. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and that's the stuff that, I mean, I, like... I know. I mean, I do enjoy hearing that from them. You know what I mean? Like, I I love I love razzing them too. Like, there's a group of guys that that play every Friday. That um, you know, they have played every Friday for basically you know the last several seasons for us. And um, the, the one gentleman, Mike uh, Adelsbach. I mean, Mike is 
you know, probably he's the lowest handicap in the group and he has, you know, games with everybody in the group and there's team games and there's everything going. But we joke that Mike wins on Friday. Like it's just, that's the game that they play on Friday is Mike wins. So like I was, I texted with the guys, they were down in a, a trip to Florida a couple of weeks ago, uh, that they invited me on and I just, I couldn't go. And, uh, I texted them that Friday morning and I was like, you guys should ask him right now if you can get discounts on, on the payments. Cause you know, it's Friday and Mike's going to win. Yeah. And sure enough, they texted me later that day and, and he did, he did take him down. So <laughs> have they not know. heard of handicaps? Yeah. Well, no, they use the handicaps. He just, Mike's Mike, he's a gamer, man. He's a, gamer, he's, a, he's, a, he's a competitive guy, which you get those guys, you get those guys. We get, you see it at member events all the time. You Absolutely. know, person comes back and it's like, that guy's a sandbagger. And it's like, no, that guy, like I've seen him shoot, you know, 90 and I've seen him, seen him shoot 73. He's just as a, a competitive dude that's not gonna, you know, when there's money on the line, he's not gonna lose. Like right. he, that's just his, his, his thing. And that's, you know, that's, it's kind of cool to see. I mean, that's what makes, you know, that's what makes golf awesome too, is like you have, you know, I mean, all of us wish that we were, you know, or at least me, like a boy in Kentucky, like I wish that I was playing in the NBA. I wish I was a, you know, a, a shooting guard for the Bulls or something. But that's not happening. You know, I'm about, you know, I'm, I, don't, I, know, I six, jump, I jump about six two. Yeah, six two. I need a couple more inches and I need about another 20 inches on my <laughs> vertical and then, uh, then I'd, uh, I'd, I'd be there. But it's, uh, you know, golf just provides that, you know, athletic experience that, you know, adrenaline rush, even though people are like golf, adrenaline rush, but like it does. Like, absolutely. You know, give me a four foot putt to, you know, win a match or a, you know, a tee shot on a hole that, you know, is you know a forced carry or something like that and you know there's money on the line like it gets you going just like a you know making a free throw the last second to you know win a game oh right? absolutely i mean if not more if not more i think it, it opposed to other sports too golf it gives you that adrenaline rush uh gives you that competitive you know outlet but you also have to control that adrenaline for sure because i mean unlike any other sport some some sports you can really harness the adrenaline and let it rip um but uh particularly in golf it's even if it's a five dollar nassau like you're gonna feel the nerves and you know there's no there's nobody to you know catch you know pick you up well i mean you know in, in basketball or you know baseball or football you know yeah, you come out of the gates and you're way too intense and you feel like you're ready to run through a wall and you totally, you know, miss that tackle. Well, like there's a guy behind you that might be able to, there's a safety behind you might be able to make the tackle. Well, in golf, like you come right out of the gates, you make an eight, like guess what? You have to pick yourself back up and you need to make some birdies, you know, on, Hopefully on the, on the way play. in. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'd play you're okay. Um, but, you know, which is also, I think, rewarding though too. I mean, golf, you know, both being a, you know, a singular, you know, game. I mean, it provides a lot of, you know, like soul searching that you can do out there <laughs> and, and can provide a lot of, but it provides so much satisfaction when you do hit that, you know, that flush shot, you know yeah. what I mean? That pure shot. That's, it, I mean, that's what gets you coming back. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Does the, uh, let's talk about the golf course. Yeah, so, for sure. um, you know, a lot of people just say how, how different it is from anything that's in Chicago. Yeah. What, what do you think are the things that stand out to you of, of what yeah, makes it that different? I mean, yeah, it's completely unique to the area for sure. I mean, you know, the typical, you know, club in Chicago, Parkland style golf course, you know, up and back, you know, there's trees everywhere. Um, and our golf course, and that's, I'm not, not to knock on those. I mean, there's some great Parkland style golf courses in, in the area, but our golf course, completely opposite. I mean, you have, you know, only a handful of trees on the property. I mean, it's as wide of fairways as you'll, as you'll find, um, you know, fescue, very little rough. I mean, we have some bluegrass rough, but it's cut down, you know, for the most part, uh, 
and you know it's all about you know as you know a, a fried egg type thing you know which Andy Johnson I don't think he's ever even actually played here but I mean it's a width and angle scheme you know what yeah. I mean like we're doing some work uh, just with the clubhouse our 18th hole they, they changed a little bit where there was some mounding to the right of the green that they've kind of taken away and there were, it was bluegrass rough and they shaped it down so you have better viewing from the clubhouse and it's all going to be replaced with with bent grass and you know the average player an average member is going to get up there and see it this spring and going to their first instinct is that's going to be easier because they're not you know the left side's a hazard you don't so you don't want to go left and it kind of creeps up on you so they're going to be like oh this is great now they've got the fairway way to the right whereas before people were hitting it right anyways they were hitting it in, into you know rough bluegrass rough that wasn't really cut all that thick they're hitting it on the green they're two putting they're three putting they're making a five or six whatever the average player's fine with that you know the better players hitting it over there and they're not going to be able to get the spin on it they're not going to make their birdie but they're going to make a par and they're going to be like eh whatever i should have you know hit a better tee shot i would have been on it too and, and, and tried to make a birdie that way yeah. um but now you know if you hit up that way i mean one you can really try to chase something down because it's going to play harder and faster with the bent grass two if you actually were to be over there and and lay short i mean you're going to have that little puke zone little wedge shot <laughs> that you know is a 40 30 40 yarder on a tight lie and the better player no matter how good they hit it, it's still going to be slightly nervous over it because it's the one that you can e easily blade, you can easily hit it fat. Um, but you are going to be able to get some spin on it so you can get up and down. You can make that birdie from there, which before was just never going to happen. And then the average player, like, so here they are. They're thinking that this is awesome. They're like, this is, you know, the hole is they've taken away the rough over there and they're going to hit it over there and they're going to skull it over the green or they're going to chunk it and they're going to, you know, it's actually going to provide a more difficult experience for them potentially. But that's what's so cool about our course, I think, in general, is that I think that it's, you know, somebody asked me one day, they're like, you know, how is the golf course hard? And it's like such an interesting answer because it's not really a cut. I mean, and it's not a cut and dry answer. I mean, you know, it's hard. You know, the best players in the world can come out here. And if we, you know, have the bluegrass rough long and it's windy, the golf course is going to be hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. it is. I mean, you look at British open sites that are, you know, guys go stupid low one day and then they shoot, you know, 78 the next day. Right. Um, but for the average player or golf course, there's no forced carries. You know, everything's in front of you. You know, you're always constantly feel like you're gaining on the hole. Then you get around the green complexes and it gets a little goofy. You know, it's, uh, you know, there's, there's, if you're short-sided on a hole, you know, you're going to struggle to get up and down. And, you know, and you might have, you know, a, a, a struggle to, uh, you know, to two, two putt or you might three putt or, you know, whatever. But the cool thing, I mean, cause our greens, I mean, we keep them pretty fast and, but they're fast, but they're built in, you know, in this decade, like you, right. they can be, they're built to be that fast. I mean, so many golf courses, I think, you know, this day and age, like they are, they're too fast. I mean, you know, the green complexes are golf courses that were built a hundred years ago and they were built when greens were five, six, seven on the stint meter. And now when greens are 12, 13, 14 on the stint meter, they're rendered unplayable. Like, you know, our greens are huge, so they're built for that speed, yeah. you know what I mean? Which makes it fun, you know, I mean, there's gradual breaks. I mean, there's some, you know, tiers on the greens and stuff like that you gotta mess with sometimes. But for the most part, like it's, you know, what you see is what you get. It's not, you know, over in theory it's not overly difficult but i mean you can easily you know make some uh you can you know, see how this place could get pretty, uh, pretty hard yeah pretty the wind turns up and the golf course like yeah i mean spring or fall if it's windy like 
you're going to struggle to tell me to find a better, a harder place in yeah. the air, especially from all the way back. I mean, all the way back to like 7,600 yards, and it just isn't, I mean. I mean, because it's, it, it, when, you, when we talk about wind, the Windy City, and, and it's this is a, uh, which yeah. actually is not Windy City. I don't know, you know this, Mark? It's not Windy City because of our wind, like everyone thinks it is. It's actually because of our political uh, environment but anyways um the the chicago highlands like i'd have to imagine part of the highlands came in because this is this this ground was was elevated yeah and, and when you're sitting up there i mean it's one of the best sunsets and views you'll no, see sure. yeah. anywhere i mean the, is looking yeah the, our ninth hole like yeah you're staring right down you know at the skyline which i think that's you know just with the way the golf course looks like you're out there i mean you could be on our 17th hole and you're looking back you know west into the property and you see all these vistas and it feels like you're abandoned and then all of a sudden you get to the ninth hole which is you know you know 90 feet above street level and you're looking right down in you know downtown and you're like oh my god we're like you know 14 miles or 12 miles, I think it's 12 and a half miles from my house, uh, you know, to, to the city. Like it's, un, you know, it's unbelievable. Yeah, like it's, yeah. it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Yeah. The, um, no, I mean, it, it's like, we get back to the point of it being different. Right. And that's, that's certainly, and I think Mackenzie has an awesome quote about, you know, if you grew up, uh, I'll butcher it. I can't remember exactly what he says, but if, if you grew up on parkland golf courses with tree lined fairways and I, I, you know, place you out there on North Barrick or, or St. Andrews, you're going to think, well, what is this? Like, this isn't golf, but in actuality, heck yeah, it's golf. You know, it's just a total different version of golf. Sure. And you know, there's, there's so many varietals yeah. of how this game looks and feels. hundred um, percent. You guys add a very needed, yeah, uh, no, I, variety to that, to Chicago land. Yeah. Thank you. No, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, you can hit a thousand different shots out there. You know, I mean, a person wants to putt everything off the greens. They can do that. A person wants to hit, you know, high you know flop shots around here on really tight lies good luck to them but they can do that <laughs> you know you can hit little bump and runs you know that's you know probably the, the the smartest play i mean but yeah i mean it's just the variety of shots you get here it's it's so unique i mean just with the different you know and just because we are so elevated just the different wind patterns that you get there's not necessarily a prevailing wind you know like i've hit like our first hole just for example, I mean, I've definitely hit like a driver and a three wood into the hole. It's a long par four. And I've also on a downwind day hit driver and flip wedge when it's playing hard and fast, you know, in the summer. Like it's just, which find me another golf course that you're <laughs> going to be able to to do that on. And it, that's, you know, not, you know, within, you know, 40 miles of us. You're not going to, you're yeah. not going to find it. I mean, it's just, it's, it makes it, makes it cool. I notice, I notice too, sometimes when, when people who, um, maybe are more accustomed to playing a, uh, a tree lined hole or, or have landmarks that they can aim at and you put them out on something that's wide open, they have a hard time picking their lines. Like, do you, do you, For sure. do you no, have members I, like you help with that? Like what well, is, what is a I trick mean, or something you can do to help? Yeah. You know, you, you have to, I mean, you have to pick your spots because that's one thing that I would say, like, I mean, our fairways, I said they're as wide as can be, but there's no doubt, like, there's some days, like, I'll even go out there and I'll be, like, you know, hitting my driver terribly. And it's like, well, I'm not, you know, I'll be on the fourth hole. And I'm like, well, I haven't lined up once. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. you, you just get up there. It's so beautiful. And you're like, you know, man, I should probably pick a, a you know, a spot to aim here. Um, <laughs> because, and then you go to a place that's a more traditional Parkland style golf course. And you're like, this should be a, high, a harder driving golf course for me, but you're hitting it better just because everything like you can kind of actually you know it's a much easier you know aim small you know miss small i I guess but you know so yeah you you really have to to pay attention to what you're doing and really you know it makes you think around the golf course you know i mean here 
you definitely there's fair parts of the fairways that you don't want to be in versus other you know just from an angles perspective like you know on our seventh hole for instance big wide fairway but you know from the correct tee you should be able to kind of challenge a left side and and uh and and carry it over some some bunkers and then boom you're right in the go zone to go you know to the green for two otherwise you know if you hit a, a tee shot that might be hit well but it's you know way to the right you're still in the fairway but it makes the hole into a you know a true three shot hole whereas you know you just if a person's going up there not paying attention where they're aiming like they're totally you know, giving up strokes to, you know, to the, to the rest of the field for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it was, it was a, uh, it's an Arthur Hills golf course, but there was other involvement too, right? Um, so, so yeah, Arthur, Arthur Hills, um, is, is the designer. His, uh, his son, Joe is, is one of our, uh, our owners. Um, I think all of our owners had a little bit, you know, uh, so we're privately owned by, by three guys. So John Baxter is a local owner. He lives, uh, actually here in Oak Brook. He's a longtime Lincoln Park guy before. Um, and then Tom Healy and, and Joe Hill. So Tom and Joe are actually golf course developers in D.C. as well. They own two golf courses there, uh, Waverly Woods and Blue Mash, two high-end uh, daily fee courses. And so Joe did, I think, a lot of a lot of the design, um, as, as worked with art you know, in, in doing it. But it's definitely, I mean, it's a, it's unique, you know, it's a unique property for sure. I mean, because basically, you know, these guys had a blank canvas. I mean, you know, it's a former landfill that they brought in, you know, 156,000 truckloads of, or something of, of dirt that basically they got to build, you know, you know, a playground, giant playground for, for all of our members and, and all of our staff and everything. I mean, it's it's been pretty cool. I mean, you know, it's just to have the elevation changes that, that you see, I mean, and they're so gradual, like nothing is like overly forced about the project. I mean, you know, you're playing, you know, our ninth hole that we talked about that's, you know, 90 feet above street level and you're looking down at the skyline and then, you know, by the time you play our 10th hole and our 11th hole, like you are significantly lower than that. And you look up and you're like, man, especially when you're walking with a caddy or something like that. You're like I had no, like we were just that high and now we're this low. Like you don't yeah. even, it's, it's not, it's just such a gradual change in elevation, which is, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That's not, who, uh, who designed the, uh, water slide? Up here, right, <laughs> I, you right? know, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure here. This I, is, uh, I like it. it. I would have done a little bit of a switchback there in the, in the middle. It looks like it's too much of a dog well, for me. They, uh, I, I do know that I think when, when they first were installing that, that, uh, that they needed to go back because it was actually, it was, I'm not even kidding. I think it was like too fast that it was like against, you know, regulation. <laughs> I, I swear, it's, I, I'm it's, pretty sure if I were, I mean, you can get, you get the jets going in there. I've seen some, I've seen some, I've actually never been down the slide. I've been in the pool, I think like three times. Yeah. People have thrown me in after I remember guests. That's like become a, a tradition, which I, I kind of don't like, but it just kind of happens, so. That's uh, what a tradition. <laughs> yeah. Well, I messed up. There was one year. It was probably. I mean, I guess it was three, three, four years ago. Um, it was. Man, this was like. It was, like. I mean, it's. I remember, guys, always mid July, but it was for mid July. Like it was even hotter than like normal. I mean, it was like a hundred degrees, and you can imagine these guys like they're playing in this this event, and then you know they're not only drinking water and so those guys are feeling pretty good but i mentioned to a wife she was around by the uh the scoring area one day and you know it's like 100 degrees i'm you know literally like dripping sweat as i'm as i'm you know filling out the scoreboard 
and somebody's like, oh, I'm going to jump in the pool. And I just made mention in passing that I had never been in the pool. Probably not my smartest decision of all time. So then fast forward next day, we finished the event. Everybody had a great time. It was, it was awesome. That's my, my favorite week of the year. Um, and then, yeah, then I got thrown in the pool. So like that was, yeah, that was and then, and of course, that's continued every year. Since then, so, yeah. <laughs> I think that's, that's a, an honor. You know, hopefully you'll be yeah, like Well, now I know, you know, the first year wasn't yeah. great. You know, I, I, I knew, you know, uh, now I, I just know not to have the, well, actually now I, iPhones, you can kind of get a little more wet. So it's, it's okay there. And, and I know that I'll just have different change, change of clothes on me here. So yeah. I can, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, so we, we do a lot of... It's a nice uh, pool, though. I it say. is. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at it. I mean, it's obviously not swim weather here yet, but we're getting there. Um, and just the... Uh, I was going to say the elevation change, obviously, is, is interesting. But, you know, I think this whole place is so interesting because it's, one, it's, it's, it's modern, right? It's new. There's not a lot of new country clubs being built from scratch like those guys were able to do. Yeah. And, and, you know, I guess we, we do a lot of philosophizing about the future of golf and, sure. and a lot of our, our guests kind of give us some insights into, into that. And I think yours is really uh, valued because, you know, not only is it like the, looking towards the future, but you guys have already done something that nobody really has. Everything from yeah. the, the way they went about building it to the way they structured their memberships. Like, how, how do you think yeah. Chicago Highlands will have an influence on, you know, the future of yeah. Uh, private golf and golf yeah i mean you know i think in terms of private golf in this area like it kind of has already you know and and club in general like we've already had you know s some influence you know i mean we uh and that's what makes it exciting to to be here i mean the golf course obviously speaks for itself it's phenomenal but just in growing the club in general i mean yeah we started out with with our you know a gravel parking lot and our you know golf shop you know temporary space and then the pool complex and you know as we were joking about the slide like you know nobody like our pool complex is like you're at you know a four seasons or a ritz or something like that it's very much a a you know resort style pool complex and then you see some of our kind of local, you know, peer clubs have then, you know, went through some, you know, assessments and stuff to, to in, you know, kind of improve their their pool complexes and do some of that. So, you know, you have something like that. Then, you know, platform tennis, which is like completely blown up in, in this area. You know, it used to be kind of more just of a North Shore thing. And then it was slowly trickling down into the Western suburbs. And we were, I think, probably like the second club to, to really put in courts here. And then from there, you know, all the other clubs here you it's an amenity then that you had to have mm -hmm. you know golf course simulators you know we've had them for for several years now and the golf industry as a whole like a country you know nationwide you have to have you know yeah. you have to have indoor technology for the winter months um so like all of that stuff like i feel like we are already kind of you know that's when i know that i'm at a good spot when that we i feel like we're on the the cutting edge there like that we're kind of you know being the, the trendsetter a little bit and that's exciting you know to me to to kind of to do that i mean in the you know the clubhouse we uh we're putting in you know obviously a monster gym but you know oh, the four bowling center the, the four bowling lanes the bowling guys were uh were here they delivered the uh the lanes last night i think brunswick bowling is down there like getting working you know now and i just we joke like i mean that you know, we say we're going to have a petting zoo and see which club tries to put a petting zoo out there, you know, which is, it's, that's, that's great. No, I'll let the, them decide if that's, uh, that if gym, that's something we're really doing or not. I, I, that gym looks like it. And we just saw the, the, 
pictures you showed us of yeah. kind of the layout and walked us through it. I mean, it looks like it probably belongs in Jupiter for Joey D and <laughs> yeah, the stable. We'll yeah. probably name it it's the stable too. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a big space. Yeah, I mean, you look at most you know private clubs with gyms. I mean. One, it's a new space. Like it's something that you know that was a refurbished, you know, old room that was never used, and now it's a you know a gym, and it's you know let's see how many ellipticals and treadmills we can fit in here, and a couple free weights, and it looks very much like a you know a hotel you know gym. Well, this space, I mean, is is massive. I mean, you're going to be able to do just from you know a there's a yoga studio you know you can do yoga pilates all that stuff um which i should probably do it probably help my golf game a little bit you know i might have to take some of those classes I, I um, right now. and then uh but yeah just then like you know trx stuff you know the peloton bikes the you know other kind of uh you know uh, cardio stuff that we'll have in free weights and, and it just yeah all that stuff is yeah. it's it's exciting you know it's a big space and like a person you know theoretically like they could you know quit their gym and, and be you know be here like yeah. just i mean because that's our goal like i mean we want members that want to be here right you know we want active users you know we want the person and the family that you know they're here playing golf and then you know they're at the pool and then they're gonna you know what let's have dinner here and then oh in the winter like okay like the golf course might be closed it might be you know negative 30 but we're gonna come over and we're gonna have you know my son or daughter's birthday at the bowling alley and then i'm gonna you know get here early work out in the gym you know do a little bit of you know because so much of like work today for you know some of our members and a lot of business professionals i mean it's on the go stuff it's conference calls it's emails it's all that stuff and you know a regular like cubicle job setting like you know doesn't exist as much anymore and so i mean we have i don't know how many members that you know, in the winter or the summer, that they just, they come here, set up shop, you know, be on their computer and, you know, have their AirPods in or, you know, or whatever, and uh, and just be be working. And like, in, as we move into that clubhouse, that's gonna continue, because it's even a bigger space for them to do it. Yeah. But yeah, we, we want members that want to be here. I wanna yeah. be proud of, of being here. And, you know, that, you know, when they come here, especially when they bring guests, that they're like, you know, this is Chicago Highlands. This is all, you know, what we have to offer here. Yeah, I, I, I from like personally, I. My, my preferences in, in golf probably have grown over the last decade more towards like your, your minimalist approach, I guess, where it's just, you know, golf. Like I'm a, I'm a golf geek and I really love, you know, the focus on golf. But what I've grown doing what we do on a daily basis, is I've grown to appreciate um, how much else you know, around the game, we talk about the hang, we talk about business and, sure. and all these things that you can, you can kind of make a part of a club. Um, because it's, it's a lot of its stage of life too. You know, I'm, I'm probably not going to be saying the same thing when I got little ones or, you know, no. ap after marriage, like those start, those things start to change, but you can still have really good golf in your life, but all these other things become more priority. Yeah, so I, sure. I started to appreciate just, you know, e each club is going to be a little bit more suited for, for different people. But, uh, but I think the one thing that's for sure is, you know, they all need to start being a bit more flexible in terms of, you know, how, how people live their life. Like yeah, you, you have to have sure. the club life fit their yeah. style and not 100%. vice versa. And that's kind of, you know, that's something that, I mean, credit to our owners that we've done kind of from the beginning where, I mean, there's no restrictions on when, you know, a kid can play, when a spouse can play. I mean, if you're a member, you're a member. Like, they're all the same. I mean, now, sure, you know, I, I need to intervene or, inter, inter, you know, or we have, you know, 
if you have a six-year-old that has never played golf in his life that his parents want him to go out and play, you know, the first tee time on a Saturday morning, like, that's not going to happen. I mean, you know, but also our members, you know, they have to use common sense. We, you know, help them use, use common sense a lot of time. But that doesn't really, you know, it just means that a kid that, you know, if we have a kid that's on the Hensdale Central golf team, I mean, they've won freaking, you know, five state championships in a row. If he's going to play on a Friday afternoon with some of his buddies, you know what? That's cool because they're going to be able to keep up just as much as the, you know, guys that are, you know, trying to, you know, pound drinks in the group ahead of them. Like yeah. they're going to be actually pushing them. You know, yeah. they might help me with pace of play, you know, um, <laughs> send out the runs. To, yeah, to push yeah, forward exactly. And, and so, so that stuff. I think is cool and but which actually is even then funny is like those kids have no like to grow up to be a member here as a kid like you have no clue how good you have it to where you know you're not coming up to the you know front desk and you know say I'm gonna go out and play and then you know have the laundry list of rules of like oh you have to go in you know between this time after this time between this time like you know yeah so to not have all that stuff is you know is is fun and because so basically I mean they have access whenever they want a you know husband wife kids and yet we still only did you know 12,000 rounds so that says something to our membership too that they, I mean they're I mean yes they're active at the club but they are young and there's kids 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 I mean the amount of activities that our members have you know on a day-to-day basis with you know running their kids to gymnastics to soccer to basketball to hockey you know yeah and every single one of those sports it seems like is a 20 you know or is a 12 almost a 24 is 12 month you know season like yeah. they're they're 24 7 you know 12 months a year i, I mean those kids never stop yeah it's like wild I, I was having this conversation with this guy yesterday in my neighborhood and he was talking about how the neighborhood has like changed so much over the years but um that there's so many more kids in the neighborhood it just feels lively and, and as you're saying this, I'm thinking about that because that's so true. Like kids bring energy, kids bring oh, sure. enjoyment, kids yeah. remind you about how how much you love the game and how much you love to, to be out here playing because that's what we're here no, to do. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, there was, I mean, you were talking about going out and rabbit. There was a group of kids that were last night texting Kevin and I. I mean, that's what's, you know, kind of how this club is, like texting Kevin and I about, you know, what new putter the one kid should get, what other, like the other kids, you know, talking smack to him back and forth. Like, you know, that stuff, like, is fun until we were like, okay, guys, we're, we're going to bed. You guys got to text on your own here. But, but you know, the just pros being, tips are yeah, over for the Because I also then, you know, I don't think that, I think you got to remember back to when you were that, that age and, like, how cool it was when, you know, the golf pro was, you know, interacting with you and, and that's a boy like text message didn't exist back then but you know at least just in you know in a daily chat you know or, or whatever you know I mean that stuff is you know you don't know how influential sometimes I think that that you are to people so I, I try to you know I mean I, I love the kids here I mean they're all like I mean they're funny like I find it hilarious like the <laughs> stuff that, that that they say and, the, and that they do and and just the yeah the fact that they have you know no clue how good how good they have it yeah but, yeah and but yeah. I love playing with them I mean you know it's oh, yeah. like we'll go out I mean that's some of the most golf I play honestly is with some of our juniors that are kids that you know Kevin has built into you know great players but they just don't realize it yet you know and and then they you know they talk a big game and they go and play in a tournament and they just like totally mentally you know psych themselves out which we've all have done you know what I mean so then you just got to help them walk you know you play rounds with them and help them kind of get that out of their out of their system you know yeah kev works with them on their golf swing i kind of i can be the doctor you know, the, the mental the, coach the mental coach that's awesome i mean I, where were you when i was a child mm. i needed someone i needed myself too to, i'll tell you that to, much to yeah. get my head straight um i had a, actually it's funny you mentioned like the, the pga pro i i was fortunate i had some 
awesome uh, guys and, and women that are PGA professionals in my life. And uh, But I, I think because I wanted to impress them so bad, because, like, you know, they were the experts on the game. They were the experts on, on the swing, and, and they'd give me tips every once in a while. But I wanted to, you know, stand out, and I wanted to impress them. So anytime they'd roll around, whether on the cart or they're passing the range, I was like a mental midget. Yeah, yeah, I always sure. ended up, no. you know, sh- shanking yeah, one yeah, off to the yeah, right yeah, or the something. Chunk. I'm like, yeah. oh, he saw that one. Shit. No, for Shoot. sure. I, I think I finally figured it out. But yeah. I, I'm, um, I, I you guys have that power. Well, I was the master of just like the quick takeaway, no turn snipe hook is what I would do when, when, that, when that would happen. Oh, that's one of my favorites. One of my favorites. What are some things outside in the game that you're seeing going on right now that, that excites you, uh, that you're, you're looking forward to, to continuing? Or Yeah. Um, I mean, industry-wide, like, you know, just outside of, uh, <clears throat> you know, outside of actually playing the game, I mean, I just think there's so many cool golf companies out there that are are throwback companies like a, a lion loft a you know electric sunglasses the guys that i mean basically the people that you know are make golf fun you know what yeah. i mean and you know a company like i'm lucky enough i'm a callaway you know staff guy and i think that they, that company just i mean they get it right you know what i mean like to have their own you know media production company and the content that i mean they are in the content content business you know what i mean like they're a here here they are the largest you know number one in drivers irons putters and they are a media company you know what i mean and and a testament to chip brewer and harry arnett and those guys for what they've done it's been it's been pretty cool um, and then obviously they make good product. I mean, it has to, good product has to be what you stand behind on all that. But like, just to do like those guys are on the forefront and, and changing stuff. Like, I just get excited in the industry as a whole of people that do things you know different because I think we do things a little different. Yeah. And I, I think you know just you know you guys do things a, a little different. You know, it's just doing working with companies that that do stuff you know that kind of break the mold and and push the envelope a little bit but it's you know those type of companies that just get you excited about the industry and kind of you know where it could go i mean because golf as a whole you know i mean people say you know it's dying or you know or whatever and and you know i mean there's no doubt that in the trends like it's our job as as golf professionals to get more people playing golf and you know top golf has been a huge thing and it's got to be that you know we have to capitalize on on actually creating people that play top golf to actually be you know golfers and and to come out and you know uh and actually get on the golf course but you know i i don't think i mean i don't think it's dying at all i mean i think it's thriving i mean i think there's a lot of you know the people that play golf and the consumers of golf are you know as avid as ever you know like are there as many people that play now as that played when you know during the first tiger boom like no but like also like i mean let's look the economy had also changed drastically since then and i mean i think the golf is in a strong place like i mean it needs to you know it it has room to grow there's no doubt but i think that uh you know it's an exciting exciting time yeah we we, we've tossed around the uh the r word as many others have the renaissance yeah because it does feel like that and and you talk about the the power of those brands you know, a lot of those brands are doing really well, and, and the way they're doing it is by being different, for sure. By putting something new out there, but really, if you look at what they're putting out there, a lot of it's um, it ties into tradition and looks back at the past, right? Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us are trying to connect to something. And you talk about the the history and traditions of golf, like you know, golf's over a hundred years old in our country. 
you know, and, and people don't stop and pause for that. Like people have been playing this game in our country, not not globally, in our country, in the places that we play, in the courses that we grew up, you know, for over a hundred years. So there is, you're a, you're a part of something, but you, you can do it in your own way and be yourself by, while sure. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think? Uh, Back to the PGA should the, or PGA professionals, the tour should tour pros be able to wear shorts? Um, you know, I, I'm not like the biggest traditionalist in any of it, but I uh, should you be able to wear shorts? <laughs> you know, part of me likes wearing the pants. I'll be honest with you, and yeah. like I don't understand. I mean, I don't so I don't really care either way. I, I mean, I think it's a big controversy over you know, nothing other than that you get to see, you know, Mickelson who knew he was jacked in the legs. Um, but uh, no, we didn't really need to see that. No, we didn't. But, you know, or Tiger rock, walking into Sawgrass yesterday with the backwards hat and just strolling in, making sure the neck looked good. But to be honest with you, it's so like bizarre that that even is, even is a thing because like the yeah. pants I'm wearing right now, like, like this, like you don't even know that they're pants. I mean, everything, all the materials are so lightweight. Like yeah. it could be 95 degrees and I'm wearing pants and it doesn't really matter. I right. mean, you know, it, I, I, fl- it, I flipped on it. I used to say, yeah, let them wear shorts. I don't care. But, uh, I, I, there is a tradition element to it for sure. And it, personally, I I've now finally invested in like the really good pants that breathe. That's what I'm saying. Super, yeah. Like what you're talking you about. No, like, it's no difference. Yeah. You, I, I don't even know, notice I'm wearing pants. 100%. Sometimes. Maybe my, my tan won't get as good, but yeah. you know, I got chimp, chimpanzee legs anyway. So usually it just, no one wants to see that. But, um, no, I think those traditions, like there's certain traditions that we got to protect and hold on to. For sure. I don't know if that's one, but th- th- it's certainly that there's a, um, uh, an element of formality to it. That's okay. That's a, that's okay. No, for sure. I, I mean, I completely agree. I mean, I, you know, like I definitely don't think like if a person, uh, it's one thing that I don't understand why a person would ever get up in arms that they can't like that. Oh my God. Like I need to be wearing shorts out here. It's like, come on guys. Like we are, but that's also, I mean, that's to how, I mean, uh, the PJ tour obviously is, is a product that, you know, I watch all the time and, and I follow, but like those guys at times I think become a little jaded to like what they have, you know? I mean, even to like the rules controversies that that have gone on in the past, you know, a little bit. Like your your, your buddy JT was like yeah, the USGA. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely you know got got in the mix there, and and I just think that they don't realize that. I mean, one, okay, like as golf professionals, as a you know PJ professional, as tour professionals, like you know the USGA put out these rules for review way long before they were ever, you know, put into action, you know, there was tons of time to be like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I don't like this. Or, you know, and the USGA would have listened and would have, you know, said, no, we don't disagree. You know, we disagree with what you're saying or we agree or whatever, you know, but you know, to the best of my knowledge, like none of that really, you know, happened. And, you know, is the USGA like correct in a lot of these things? Like, I don't know. I think the USGA, you know, they, you know, love to be, you know, I don't know that they love to be, but like people love to hate on, on the USGA. And, you know, I mean, there's certain things that they don't necessarily do themselves any favors with, but you know, for the most part, it's like, guys, you know, I saw a a Twitter exchange, uh, you know, with Andrew Landry, uh, you know, where a guy asked him finally, like, do you carry a rules book? And he said, no, it's like, well, if you're playing for millions of dollars, like at a certain point, like I remember, you know, before you even could step foot and playing a golf tournament as a junior golfer in Kentucky that you had to go to 
a rules conference at one of the local clubs and you had to and boom you get your rules book and you they give you a little hard card of like cheat sheet of the you know more important rules and you keep it in your bag and boom you're playing a golf tournament something happens boom you look at them you try to solve it yourself you can't you find a rules official i mean these guys and i get the point that they're playing for you know tens of millions of dollars and that you know if i have this drop in correctly and it you know messes you know it gets me a penalty and whatever da, 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 like it cost me you know hundreds of thousands but you know i just don't understand like every time you see one of these guys taking a drop that literally the rules official does every single thing for them it's like well that's like if i'm trying to train an outside staff kid like yeah. how to properly clean a golf cart i'm not gonna yeah, clean the time. golf cart yeah. for them and say that's how you do it i'm gonna have the kid you know actually clean it and be like here you got to make sure that you get under here you got to make sure you do this 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 and he's going to do it himself and then he's that's going to help him learn i just don't understand they have it seems to me like they don't have any willingness to even learn and you know that's like a little frustrating yeah. uh, you know from a yeah, outsider's perspective i mean you know if we want to use your basketball analogy too i mean think about you know when they make the uh the subtle changes how the players for their own benefit are like digging into the rules like uh i think about the euro step you yeah, know sure. and, and like how much lebron impact how that he put that in his game or a little the uh the uh what do you, the dirk step back like you can kind of hit somebody with sure. your upper leg yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're yeah, not going to call 100%. it like uh they figured out a way to use the rules in their advantage yeah you don't hear that right now with all this rules controversy it's like rules are rules man and, and we can try yeah. to sim simplify them as much as we can yeah but figure out how to use them completely agree and obviously the two biggest you know rules things have been you know the standing the caddy standing behind the player and lining up but you know in most cases here that where the penalties have occurred where it doesn't appear that they're lining up but like that's not the usga's fault that pga tour officials are the ones that are making the rulings <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean and it uh so like but a rule is a rule like you haven't i mean there's been just as many lpga tour tournaments this year and that's basically if you think about it like to me that's who that rule was made for yeah. you have like so many girls on that tour that played so slow that the caddy literally lined up every single thing and you haven't seen a single rules violation in any of them like so clearly the lpga did yeah. something with their players and sat them down and said hey this is you know what the new rule is this is how it's supposed to be done yeah like you know if you have questions you know see us your caddy shouldn't be behind you like yeah. it's not that it's not that hard nobody's lining up a bunker shot to that degree you know in the adam you know shank case but you know, that's where I, I mean, I get a little nervous from, you know, my perspective of, you know, you have a 13 year old kid that's caddying that has no intention of lining up a guy whatsoever. And he's like standing behind him. And then, you know, all season, it doesn't matter. But then it's a, you know, a club championship or a member guest or a member member. And somebody's like, yeah, little, you know, Johnny there, we're going to have, he was behind you. It's going to be a penalty. And it's like, okay, well, you know, at a certain point, like it's the spirit of the rule a, a little <laughs> bit. So like, but even that, I mean, you know, I, I just, I don't like, understand the you know that the rules are rule i mean yeah. and then the dropping rule obviously the big case of that would be ricky in you know in phoenix and you know the spirit of that rule like don't get me wrong dropping you know at your knee height is like is goofy in terms of the way it looks i didn't even fully appreciate the fact that it was it was at knee height all the time until it actually happened on january 1st like i yeah. thought it was a variable yeah. like knee to you know your shoulder height waist but or something yeah. it's um you know, the reality of that is because you would see every single time, I mean, every single time I tried to get a drop, 
I would want it to drop and go out of the go forward or go I, out. Yeah, you I know. So so then so I, I'm with you on that. So then I'd have to place it. Like the point of that rule is that there's less of the drop, drop, drop now place. Yeah, so, which guys were doing intentionally. Yeah. And I, I never forget in a high school golf match, I remember watching this kid <laughs> let a ball from his shoulder, just like you're supposed to do. Mm -hmm. He basically rolled it off his fingertips so that the ball had a you know, little bit of spin yeah, sure. to, to kick it. And then he gets to do that twice and place it. And yeah. so I think everyone forgets that. that 100%. Like, that's why it's there is so you actually drop it versus drop, drop, place. And they forget in that Ricky instance, which – Awesome chops by him to continue to win that tournament. It was the most <laughs> that unlucky. Was, that was my great tournament this year. You know, yeah. going, but he did drop that twice from knee height, and still, and it both, you know, it rolled into the water. You know, his caddy's getting it, and then he finally placed it there. So when he placed it there, then he walks up. So because obviously, I mean, you know, people are like, well, you know, because it was dropped at knee height, like that. But it's like, no, no, no. He wasn't. It was dropped at knee height twice, and then he still placed yeah, like that. In both the past rule and the previous rule, that would be the same, yeah. you know, ruling. Like it was unfortunate, and like that's, you know, it's brutal. But like that's yeah, been the rule of golf, you know, forever. Like it's the just, it, the uh, the knee height. I I got my strategy. So I haven't played any competitive. I still play, you know, some competitive amateur mm -hmm. golf, and uh, I I got my strategy this year. And nobody, I haven't seen one guy do it yet. But I'm gonna do the coach's timeout. I looked it up. I did look at the rules book. It is, it is, you're allowed to, because I, I would be, have a hard time gauging it too. You know, people are taking screenshots of sure. Bryson's yeah. just above the knee, yeah. just below the yeah. knee. Like, I would have a hard time that, but <laughs> the, the practice has only been the living room so far. So, but we'll see what happens when we get on the golf course. But take a knee. Like, you can drop to a knee 100%. and you can hold it like out. I, I it yeah. might also look like an idiot, but yeah. well, that's my, that's, that's going to be my go to, I, at least yeah. for the start of the season. I mean, I took, one in a tournament I was already playing in one in January and yeah I mean it makes you feel like a little weird doing it but I mean the reality is like I mean the ball landed where it was supposed to and it didn't move really and you know I didn't have to drop it more than once you know yeah. trust me I liked ended up dropping twice and placing it all those years but I, the, that's the spirit of the rule is that you're not like yeah you know that's, it's not that's, supposed to just be that I haven't heard anybody really talk about that <coughs> that is exactly what I think it's it's there to do yeah, but, yeah. well we could uh Patrick, we could go on yeah, all day could, on yeah. topics like yeah, this. For sure. Uh, but no, man, we just wanted to thank you for, for joining us. Thanks for sharing Chicago Highlands with the group here and, and telling us a little out. bit about the plays. Um, you know, as we talk about the future of golf, if there's more, you know, directors of golf and, and head professionals like you, it's, it's going to be just fine because uh, you got a passion for the game that is um, it's inspiring, man. We, we love being around you. Thank you. No, I, I appreciate it. And, you know, I mean, I, like I said, I think golf's, in, golf's in, a, in a good spot. And there's, I mean, especially, you know, in this area, there's so many awesome Illinois PGA professionals, directors of golf, directors of instruction, teaching professionals that, I mean, we're lucky. Like, I think our section is, you know, I'll put it up against anybody. I mean, you know, obviously the Metropolitan section there in New York is, is fantastic. And it sounds but, like a call out. You know, I like it. Yeah. I mean, the I, gauntlet I, is Illinois, we've, we've, we're, we've got a great set of you know, players and, and, and teachers and, and, you know, just guys that run, run, you know, awesome places. So yeah. yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It's a great group. And thanks Patrick. Appreciate yeah. It, man. Appreciate yeah. It. That was Patrick Crow, head golf professional of Chicago Highlands. Thanks Patrick for joining the backdrop and making your unique imprint on the game of golf.